Hi there, and welcome to the ATS podcast with me, Will Brown, and John Soulsby, where we break down chunks of health and fitness information into bite-sized pieces, remove a bunch of the noise, and just leave what's relevant. Today we are on episode 24, season 2, episode 2, which is about creatine supplementation. And as per our last episode, we are skipping the off-topic just to keep these things a bit more timely. They weren't... uh, timing out to quite as long as we want we want these to really as the title suggests or the intro suggests be kind of bite-sized easy to digest easy to listen to and very to the point so today's chat is creatine supplementation benefits what can creatine do for you everything (laughs) everything it's literally the blue pill in the matrix yeah the um or the red pill I can't remember which one. It's been it's been corrupted by all those people. Yeah, it's been corrupted by all those political people. Um, I forget which one you're meant to take to actually, you know, wake up. Both. Yeah, both. Just slam them both at once and see what happens. Um, creatine is uh, I was about to say mineral. It's not mineral. Um, it is a. Huh? Compound. Yeah, I was about to say it's a compound that's uh, involved in specific ones, one very specific uh, energy system in the body. Good old phosphocreatine. Yeah. Uh, you're the one with a sports science degree, but if I recall, pretty much every energy system is in some form uh, or in some way or form essentially trying to generate adenosine triphosphate ATP, mm-hmm. which is From... essentially energy for all basic life functions. Yeah, and um, during exercise, ATP is broken down, and that produces the energy. Yeah, so it's broken down into ADP, which is mm-hmm. diphosphate. Oh yes, it separates one of the phosphates. And, yeah, uh, and you get an extra um, phosphate. And the nerd part of the creatine thing for the phos- uh the PCR chain is essentially creatine then grabs onto your little phosphate, and then their reaction just chucks it back into an ATP so you can use it again. So you have this wee equilibrium thing that just spins around. Yeah, um, you're, you're kind of ATP, the rate of the rate which you can resynthesize ATP is essentially like the limit of your ability to continually perform. Yeah, and creatine is mainly, the, is usually the limiting factor in that um, when you're exercising. So like you usually have plenty of ADP flying around and phosphates and stuff. But creatine uh, is the limiter. Yeah. That's pretty interesting. The um and that would be typically phosphocreatine is talked about in a very high intensity exercise context. Would that be correct? Yeah, yeah, it's super, super high. So it's like um Essentially it's few seconds that lasts in it. under like three, four seconds is mainly mm-hmm. um Obviously, all these energy systems are used kind of all the time, but yeah. Um, typically speaking, anything that's like three or four seconds long to use the phosphocreatine. Um, I can't remember that name for it now, but yeah. The PCR chain. Yeah, phosphocreatine something. Yeah. The uh, So it's pretty safe to say that if you train or compete in a sport that has performance criteria in the three to four seconds or less of extremely high intensity effort, sprinting, any kind of sport where gassing somebody and running in four points or to score a goal or whatever the thing might happen to be, 
lifting weights competitively, anything like that. It seems like creatine, uh, so that you can boost up your phosphocreatine reserves, or your potential phosphocreatine energy reserves, seems like a pretty good deal. Yeah. Um... Are there any downsides? What's, so, the, what's the trade-off with the unnatty life yeah. when you join the dark side? Um, you do indeed. You get a different color lightsaber, and um, <laughs> I, uh, I don't know if there's any pure scientific downsides. As in, like you take creatine, you get Y. Um, a lot of people do apparently suffer from a lot of cramping when they take creatine. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's quite anecdotal. Um, yeah, I've my my understanding of that has always been because it can increase the water content of muscle. Although I'm not entirely sure if that is wholly muscle or um, like part water, part like sarcoplasm. Like I don't really know how that kind of mixes into the actual so, cellular volume. So yeah, the reason that that happens is um, again I can't remember all the correct terms, but um, the additional creatine changes the osmotic or the osmolarity of your like muscle cells uh-huh so things can pass so through just, them a bit different yes yeah, so, well it just sucks in a bit more water oh yeah um so that's why you get usually get a slight increase in body weight when you start taking creatine mm-hmm. um just because your body your your muscle cells have a larger like component of water in them um and then uh, but it shouldn't keep increasing because it's just like that slight change at the start and then it will just like level off. Um, but I do wonder completely in my own brain having like that of like if that's why some people experience cramps. Because the other issue is, is we don't, to my knowledge, currently have a definitive answer of why people get cramps either. Yeah. Or muscle cramps. It's a great. Like there's no like. Yeah, it's a great get, question. It's this. It, it, people are like, oh, it's always dehydration. You're like, well, some people yeah. are pretty hydrated when they. Um, yeah, some po- to like to assume so, professional sports players cramp up and they're not hydrated when they literally have yeah. like full time employees essentially running about hydrating them at pretty much any opportunity. If you've ever watched a sporting event, there's a, yeah. I mean there's literal people with crates of not just water. There'll probably be some sort of actual scientifically balanced mix of salt, sugar, and fluid to optimize performance because people take sports very seriously and they i mean they physically get to squirt them in their mouth now like they used to just have to do it themselves but now everyone's big diva energy so they just get someone else to do it yep which is pretty wild um so yeah it's difficult to pinpoint on anything because i think there's like not enough known about the various reasons why different things happen essentially Oh, there's yeah. There's plenty known about creatine. Creatine is like the most researched thing yeah. in the world. It's, li- it's literally one of the ac- few actual supplements that will do something and will actually work. Yeah, uh, it's pretty good for <clears throat> uh, muscle growth. Weirdly, because uh, yeah. it has effects on a various amount of cellular pathways that can lead to new muscle growth. There's a reasonable body of literature that. Uh, cite it for boosting uh, formation of proteins that can create new muscle fiber, which is pretty cool. Which I imagine will be satellite cell transference stuff. I need to look into that a bit more. Um, Some minor stuff about it, like affecting the IGF-1 levels, 
which is just insulin growth factor, which again is another hormone that promotes muscle mass. If you ever heard of people taking human growth hormone, throw back to our Liver King episode. Uh, <laughs> that is very much one of the popular ones to just stab in yourself. Uh, there's also a small amount of research coming out now that it's actually very good for your brain. Weirdly. Because that is another area that uses, uh, I believe, creatine phosphate. I'm not entirely sure if it is phosphate or if it's just creatine in a different form. However, uh, it has been shown to have some reasonable benefits. I'm just trying to pull something up with regards to the brain stuff. Mm-mm. Yeah, apparently it's one of the... Uh, it's one of the energy things used actually in your brain and is also apparently quite good for or is apparently showing good signs of being beneficial for neuroprotection which oh, is that's kind of cool i suppose it makes sense that um some a system that is as simple as atp goes to two things and mm. then goes back yeah it is sensible to have in the brain so it doesn't take up too much space that's true. The uh, yeah, meta-analysis of two hundred uh, or six studies, including two hundred eighty-one folk, uh, showed evidence in well randomized control trials uh, of oral creatine supplementation in healthy people. In a collection of six studies with two hundred eighty-one folk, showed that uh, short-term memory uh, reasoned reasoning. Uh, was improved by creatine administration. Hmm. However, other things such as long-term memory, spatial memory, scanning, attention, executive function, response inhibition, word fluency, reaction time, mental fatigue, uh, were conflicting with their results. However, there was significant, or data significant anyway, improvement in short-term memory and intelligence-slash-reasoning. So you have it there, folks. Creating makes you big brain. Confirmed. Brain games, mm. as well as um, yeah. Well, I was also just double checking there as well. I was like going back to when you were saying types of exercise is good for. It can also be really beneficial for endurance exercise somehow. Is that because of like, the the funky osmosis thing with the cells? Yeah, well, and it's slightly counterintuitive because it's like well, it's rapid, but then so. It's where when you learn about all these systems, they they come. You learn about them very separately. Mm -hmm. um, but like your, it's um, I think it's the phosphocreatine shuttle. is what people call it. But essentially, that's like working all the time. <laughs> the twenty-one bus. Yeah, but because it's working all the time, it's like peak benefit is in like really short, intense exercise. But it still works for like half an hour to forty minutes. Like if you're exercising for two hours in like a cycling thing or a running event it's still kind of slowly ticking over the whole time which can take load off of the rest of your energy systems which mm. is pretty cool um so the benefit for running as an example in creatine is obviously not as profound as like weightlifting powerlifting that sort of thing um but it's still pretty good <clears throat> oh i see so i found the thing i was talking about so 
the the kind of very burgeoning re burgeoning research is like uh with parkinson's i remember it being used for right, some sort yep. of like a cognitive thing because apparently parkinson's disease characterized by a reduction in levels of dopamine dopamine which as much as everyone chats about with regards to their headspace is also a pretty key neurotransmitter mm -hmm. and a very large reduction in that causes brain cell death and then obviously a whole bunch of other serious symptoms involved in parkinson's yep. it's a pretty grim disease um however uh so far they've only done it in mice again pit, large pits of salt mice are not people however it did prevent 90 percent of the typical drop in dopamine levels however obviously there's no reason to suspect that has the same effect in humans but no but i mean there's a reason they use mice they're pretty um like metabolism wise they're pretty close so yeah. i also didn't realize that um weight training is a part of like a holistic recommendation for people with parkinson's is it yeah because apparently well because apparently like the drop in dopamine levels and stuff can uh well one of the symptoms i guess is loss of muscle function and so some of the things they do to kind of yeah. like either slow the degradation or try to like stem the flow of loss of muscle function is to just build more but well also not just build more but also use it like yeah use it functionally with weights which is pretty cool well i suppose yeah uh, that would happen to, like if you or i even now stopped training entirely like, yeah muscle all, function and coordination and everything would probably tank yeah yeah that's pretty cool though. sweet even we're learning stuff in our podcast yeah oh apparently in at least one study again one study means fuck all however it's still like an interesting precedent to kind of build off of scientific yep. process and all that um people with parkinson's combined creatine and weight training improved strength and daily function to a greater to d degree than a group that just did training alone cool i mean i suppose it also makes sense based on what we've said and the fact that creatine helps but that's class yeah but that's still pretty cool i'm just trying to see if they have a quick so the um... yeah so the people so they were doing chair oh, they were doing chair rise performance nice definitely older people yeah i can't wait to see what my chair rise total is for when i get to get to <laughs> 70 apparently it was uh yeah it was 12% better than the only um than the creating only folks nice with a p of 0 0.3 or 0 0.03 i was about to say 0.3 is terrible but no, 0 0.03, 0 .03 sorry um Quick aside mm. for anyone listening who wants to read some science shit. If p values come up a lot, um, and TODR of them is essentially it's a statistical thing of how likely it is to be random, like significant or just like complete randomness. Mm -hmm. Um, and if the p value is less than point zero five the general consensus in the scientific community is that it wasn't just like random or the control or kind of just like cancer loads of other things that means it's not significant if it's less than 0 0.05 it's actually like thing we tested did why guaranteed yeah it's um, pretty it's pretty good yeah we should probably do we could probably do like an entire episode on like how to interpret scientific yeah. data or like things to look out for in scientific data if you don't actually want to read the whole thing but you probably should um and then i think one thing maybe to mention or talk about on creating 
supplementation is a lot of people feel like you have to load it when you first start taking it. Oh yeah, people think you need a load and phase. Um, you don't have to, it does mean that you achieve full saturation quicker, but that isn't really significant. No, <laughs> like, I think like, long term it doesn't really make a difference, and it also no. means you go through half your bag of creatine you first buy in about a week. <laughs> oh yeah, because you the, the typical thing, or a lot of people would advise you load, so like a typical gro a dose for somebody under 100 kilograms would be 5 grams per day. Um, creatine's usually unflavored, and you usually just chuck it in any other beverage i chuck mine in my protein shake by, by the way the my protein flavored ones banging oh yeah yeah i've got like a blue raspberry one at the moment it's actually pretty good i just Although use that is it's pretty good for supplements i was about to say it's i use it uh, i use unflavored specifically because i accidentally ordered tropical punch once and tried to put that in chocolate protein was a bit of a, <laughs> was a bit book um but yeah, so most people would typically advise like, oh, just got to load your creatine, bro. Do like 10 grams a day for the first week and then 5 grams of like a thing thereafter. Yeah. That essentially just means you're going to get to full creatine saturation maybe in like 5 days, depending on your body weight, rather than if you just did 5 grams a day, you get there in 10 days. Like, yeah. it's really not that big a deal. Like, no. <laughs> um, anything else we can think of? No, no, not really. Yeah, TLDR, take creatine. It's really, well, it used to be really cheap. I'm pretty sure you can still get it really cheap. It's, it's still pretty cheap. It's especially pretty cheap. If especially if you're thinking about what supplement to take. Creatine oh, yeah. is probably still one of the cheapest ones. If you're spending money on any other supplement that isn't just whey protein because it's food, you should be buying creatine if you are not already because it's actually good for you. It actually works. And yeah, it could have loads of benefits that we don't even know about yet because the research is still... Oh very fresh and raw with regards to yeah. helping your brain and stuff which sounds great one thing i would say before we log off on it creatine is a naturally occurring compound it's found in like red meat is mainly the main source of oh yeah food. but you could but not eat enough red meat i was about to say <laughs> the main reason supplementation with it is advised is good luck have fun getting five grams a day of creatine from red meat i, I, do, I can't remember the numbers but i think you'd be on like two kilos of red meat a day which is not good for you <laughs> Um, so apparently, yeah, yeah apparently <clears throat> there is five grams, yeah, there's five grams of creatine per kilogram of uncooked beef. There you are. Kilo of beef a day. Off yeah. you go. So you'd be on a kilo of beef a day at least, and that's beef. It varies. Apparently it's only 3.4 grams per kilo in chicken and rabbit. Yeah. Eggs and fish yeah, also not... have creatine, but not that much bigger. So you'd be on a kilo to two kilos of uh, meat a day. Good luck with that. It's, well, it's also like, to tie it in with everything else, the calorie consumption in your <laughs> two kilos of chicken is wild. Yeah, that would be that would be pretty rowdy. How many calories? Was well, like, how many calories are in one kilo of beef? No idea. Uh, that's per hundred. I mean, we're looking at like a. Th I think we're looking at about a thousand. Fourteen thirty. So you're saying for your like average 80 kilo person with uh, usual averages of like 2,000 to 2,500 calories a day, half of it is beef. Yeah, that's, <laughs> just, yeah, that's pretty just wild. Just to get your Yeah, so that's why you stop with it. Just yeah, or just take a little five gram scoopy, like a wee five gram yeah. scoop in any beverage and you'll be good. Cool. Look. 
Right, we will catch you guys in the next one, episode 25, which is... Uh, I've just got my note as the body morph type rant, so that'll be fun. Nice.